This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason with your host, John Rush. Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we're back. Hour number two. No guests this hour, so we got a full free hour. If you want to call in about anything, feel free to do so. 303-477-5600. I'm going to come back here in just a moment after the question of the day and talk about EVs. They're all over the, the news, especially with what happened in Chicago. I've got a few uh, of my own opinions on all of that that I'll share with all of you. And no, it's not what most people in the media are talking about. So I'll come back and do that here in just a second. Yesterday's impossible question of the day. Lobsters have teeth. Where are they located in the lobster's body? Answer is in one of their three stomachs. Lobsters taste with their feet. Tiny tiny bristles inside a lobster's little pinchers are their equivalent to the human taste buds. Meanwhile, lobster's teeth are in one of their three stomachs. I did not know that. So a little lobster trivia for you there. Today's impossible question answer on the RushToReason.com website. Why were the three musketeer bars given that name. Charlie, any ideas? Why were the Three Musketeers bars given that name? I, I, Again, this is one I would not have any idea of. Way before my time, let's just say it that way. I want to say again, special thanks to Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House for joining us as they do on Thursdays. If you uh, really like that hour, and I know a lot of you do, in fact, a lot of you, and I hear this from each and every, uh, not every one of you, but a lot of you. Let me say it that way. I hear this from a lot of you. You send those off to other family members in different parts of the country, no matter what side of the political aisle they are on. And in a lot of cases, they start listening on a routine basis, which we are very thankful for. I know Dr. Kelly and Steve House are as well. It helps get that message out. And, and I hope all of you that listen can understand that they are very astute. And so far, Dr. Kelly, and I know she wouldn't want to brag about this, but she's not been wrong on anything. Nothing. She has been spot on all the way through from the very early onset when we started talking to her during 2020 and COVID all the way till now. She has been dead on, more so than literally Dr. Fauci or anyone like his kind. I think that's a pretty bold statement, but it's an accurate statement, and, it's at, and, it, and it goes along with what we do here on Thursdays for that first hour. I have learned a ton during that hour, enough to where I think myself and a lot of you listening, it has literally helped you in your health and in your lives in general. So I appreciate her joining us as she does on a routine basis. All right. Are EVs going away or dying? I've seen several different posts from several different individuals, even news organizations, but mainly a lot of conservative folks saying, oh, it's the death of the EV. Eh, not so fast. No, it's not. Being this last cold spell we had 
across parts of the country, here in Denver, Chicago especially. There's all sorts of news on what happened in Chicago. But I want to explain a few things that happened there. And this is not to defend or beat up anybody that owns an EV. I still believe, and I will stand by this, that most people that own an EV bought it for the wrong reasons. On top of that, the dealer and or Tesla that sold them said EV did not do a very good job of explaining what they're buying. In a lot of cases, the dealer, operator, and or salesperson doesn't have a clue how that EV even works and or what they should be informing their customers of. Somebody just looks at a shiny new object and says, oh, I think I want one of those. So they run out, they figure out how to buy it, they have the means to do so, and off they go. You know, the foggiest idea, how it works, what they should do to take care of it, maintain it, and so on. And I'm a car guy. You guys all know that. It's my background. It's kind of how I view things. And I'm also a car advocate. Very rarely do you hear me beat up a particular car. Typically, it's not the car's fault that it's a piece of junk. It's because the car was bought by the wrong person. Now, I realize there are those vehicles, we talk about it on drive radio quite often, that are a piece of junk. They were from the get-go. I'll even say that from time to time. Oh, that wasn't a very good car. Sorry you own it. That kind of thing. In general, though, especially for the past 10-plus years, most cars made are pretty decent. The majority of cars made are pretty decent. It, it, it ends up being more of who the driver is, how well did they care for it, so on and so forth. So I'm more of a car advocate, always have been, than I am the opposite. I'm not a car critic. You know, Andy reviews movies on Fridays. He's sort of a movie critic. He goes through, picks out all the bad points of the movie, brings it back, shares it with all of you. Some of those things may be near and dear to you. Some of them you may not care about. I am more of the car advocate, not the car critic, and I look things a little different. Yeah, each car has a problem. There's no perfect car. But what I look at is what are the pluses and minuses of said car, and does it fit you and your lifestyle? The problem with EVs, and this is even the problem that I think happened in Chicago to a large degree, the people owning them don't know what they own. They think you plug in and go, because somebody told them that. Some salesperson even sold them on that. Plug in and go. You're helping the environment, plug in and go. That, that's the message that's been given. By the way, that's an effective message because they've sold them off of that. Plug in and go. That, that's really what that EV world hears. But it's not that simple. So, for example, in Chicago, you see all sorts of news articles. If you want to look it up, just type in Chicago EV. And you'll get all sorts of articles about what happened during the cold spell here just the last week in Chicago. The lines and lines of Teslas, the fact they couldn't get charged, the charge wouldn't work, it was super slow, the range was way diminished, on and on we go. Yes, anything electrically driven, your range is going to be diminished. Is it diminished like it is in a gas car? No, it's compounded. It's much, much different than a ICE vehicle. By the way, an ICE vehicle in cold weather is also diminished because the engine isn't as efficient when it's cold as when it's warm. And you're typically rolling through snow and other things that have more resistance. So, yes, your fuel economy in winter, especially when it's snowing out and when it's super cold, your warm-up times and so on, is going to make your ice vehicle less efficient. Of course, nobody talks about that because we all want to beat up EVs. I say all, not me. I'm not an EV beater-upper. 
Okay. Do they have a place? Yes. Are they the fix for mankind? No, it doesn't need fixed. Are they a fix for the climate? No, it doesn't need fixed either. At the end of the day, do they serve a purpose? Absolutely they do. Are they as great as everybody on the left, especially wants them to be made out to be? No. But those of you that haven't driven one, if you did, you probably would change your mind and your opinion on them. Because they are fun to drive. And yes, I'm a car guy and I like driving fun cars. That's me. And they are fun to drive. They work extremely well when handled correctly. I'm going to take a break and come back what I mean by that. In fact, handled correctly would have even helped the situation in Chicago. But again, this is a product that's being sold with very little knowledge behind it. And most reporters reporting on it have no knowledge, including a lot of car people, like myself, have no knowledge of them. And the reason is they don't own one. I do, as you all know. And I bought one because I wanted to know more about them so I could come on air and talk educationally and have, a, have an idea of what all happens with these things and not just run off the cuff. I wanted to be educated on it, and I had the ability and did go and buy one. And in my world, it works great. Fabulous, actually. I thoroughly enjoy it. So when I come back, I'll explain some of what happened in Chicago and what I mean by people haven't been instructed properly on the operation of and the owning of. And and I do believe there's a lot of people owning them that shouldn't. I'll, I'll get that right out of the way. A lot of people owning them shouldn't, and I'll explain that when I come back as well. Ford of Winter's Mortgage, Kurt Rogers. Again, he's going to be with me at 5 o'clock. We'll talk mortgages, the housing market, where are things headed, what does he see for 2024. 720-895-0500. That is Kurt's direct line. Got too much debt but a low rate on your mortgage? Worried that rates aren't going to go down fast enough? Need relief now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Before your property tax and homeowner insurance goes up, we can help you lower your monthly payments, pay off your debt, and lower the amount of interest you pay. We have been changing lives in Colorado for over 20 years. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, and let our experience continue to save you money. Want to downsize but can't qualify with a current mortgage and a new one? Been told you have to sell your house for the down payment? That debt ratio is too high? We can help. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Use your equity for the down payment and debts, qualify only on the new mortgage payment, and have no more contingency offers. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. Our experience can save you money. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender. High Five Plumbing is next. If you've had a problem with your pipes or drains or anything with this cold weather, give High Five a call today. In fact, some of those freezing pipes, you just may have noticed some issues with the last day or two. Give High Five a call if you have any problems. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing takes water quality seriously and has what it takes to bring clean, safe, and high-quality water to your home. Bad water in your home affects more than just taste. Those costly hair and skin products go right down the drain if you have hard water, pollutants, or chemical imbalances. 
Water quality experts may make your water taste good, but because they're only treating the symptoms of your water instead of the cause, you'll continue paying them every month for the taste of your water. High Fives plumbers can hunt down root issues, so treating your water with chemicals isn't always necessary. Clean water means your clothes will be brighter, your hair will be softer, and you'll stop cleaning stubborn water spots off mirrors and dishes. To find out all the ways that clean water can make you safer and healthier, just contact High Five Plumbing at klzradio.com slash plumbing. Clog my toilet one too many times. I'll call High Five for this. Call High Five for this. Premier Home Remodels. You've thought of a remodel project, but you don't know where to start, who to call, how to tackle it, what's the cost going to be. Premier can help you with all of that. Call them today. Find them at klzradio.com. Premier Home Remodels designs your basement to fit your family's lifestyle and needs. So-called basement flippers will limit your options, cut corners, and rush your project. But Premier takes the time to create a space that is functional and unique, meeting all your expectations. Premier values and protects you as the homeowner by making sure every code is met and that the proper permit is pulled, along with a one-year warranty on labor. Your home is your most valuable asset, and Premier guarantees that your entire project from design to completion is done accurately and effectively. Because Premier wants you to be able to grow with your home, they make sure to pre-plan every aspect of your basement remodel, working with you and having your best interest in mind. Choose the right company for your ideal basement. Premier Home Remodels. Go to klzradio.com remodel. That's klzradio.com remodel. All right, Alan Davis, Level Engineering. Find out if solar is a right fit for you, your home, and, by the way, your budget. Give him a call today, and he can go through all that with you. Find him at klzradio.com. Alan Davis of Level Engineering wants you to have the whole story about saving money with solar. Everyone knows that solar power saves you money. But the most important savings are all those dollars you won't have to pay the power company. For most homes, that will mean paying thousands less for electricity annually. And the average tax credit for installing solar in your home is 56%. That's more money in your pocket. In addition to the money that you will save each month, solar can add $15,000 or more to the value of your home. And homes with solar panels sell faster than those without. Today's solar energy is a great financial decision on your part when you work with Alan Davis. Alan is the solar money-saving expert. So talk to him directly by going to klzradio.com slash solar for a free, no-obligation consultation. Putting reason into your afternoon drive, this is John Rush. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And, all right, I want to get into the EV topic a little bit more. Normally I do this, I don't know, anymore, about once every other month or so I'll have sort of an EV conversation. This is one of those, and typically something in the news spurs us along, i.e. what just happened in Chicago. Something else Charlie mentioned is one thing Tesla especially didn't think about when it came to EVs is with their door handle design, which if you haven't seen one and how they work, it's a flush design door handle that in an ice storm doesn't work so well because you're supposed to be able to walk up to it, touch it, it pops out a little bit, you then grab a hold of it, and that's how you open the door. Well, 
if it's all iced up, the motor's not strong enough to push through the ice and or it won't even sense the fact that you've touched it. They should have figured out a way to heat those, which they didn't. And yeah, in a heavy ice storm, that's a problem. Now, I realize there's other vehicles with certain door handle designs as well that in an ice storm still become a problem, but not like that. So, yes, all of these growing pains with any type of a new product are always going to be there. And that's where I'm not one to just, you know, shoot the messenger. There's growing pains, and they will get some of those things worked out. As I always say, and I'll keep saying, Am I, you know, all in on EVs? What I am is it's technology that I feel has a place for certain individuals and families. It's definitely not something that's going to be adopted by every family coast to coast, and I'll get into some of that here in just a moment. But does it have a place? Yes. I'm not anti-EV like a lot of other conservatives are, by the way. I'm not that person. You guys all know that. I know their limitations, though. And maybe that's where I'm looking at it differently than everybody else. But, yeah, I am not anti-EV. I'm also not a greenie. I don't own one because I think I'm going to save the planet. But, frankly, it doesn't need save, so it's not a concern of mine. As I've said many times, I just like the drivability of an EV and, and frankly, the convenience. Now, I also have the ability, and I think everyone that owns one should, I park inside. Yes, I have a garage. And yes, it's clean enough I can park in it. And I know for a lot of folks that's not the case because I drive by neighborhoods. I'm a weirdo. I drive by in the summertime at times. I look in people's garages to see how much junk's there. And it's, I don't know how they get a tricycle in there. And it's like, why don't you just get a roll-off dumpster backed up and throw all that crap away and park in your garage? Because most of that stuff probably hasn't moved out of the garage since you moved in. That's another story for another conversation another day. But I'm one that believes if you're going to own an EV, you should park inside. Now, as Charlie said during the break a moment ago, you couldn't hear him, but people have concerns over doing that. They see all of the stories about vehicles catching fire, EVs catching fire, and so on. Now, I want to come back to that also because while, yes, EVs can catch on fire, so can other vehicles. So, again, I'm not going to throw EVs under the bus because they can catch fire. Do they catch fire more rapidly than their ice components? I don't know that I've ever looked at the data for anybody to even know. I mean, percentage-wise, probably. But do other vehicles catch fire? Absolutely. I actually had a fleet truck of mine, Chevy Duramax. Some of you aren't going to believe this, but this is a true story. Chevy Duramax, fairly new truck, within a year or two old, that over the weekend, I believe it was a Sunday morning, i got to go back in memory, but I think it was either Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Summertime. This wasn't winter, summertime. Burned to the ground. No one knows why. We have it on camera. It just ignites, and it lights up, and it almost caught two other vehicles next to it on fire. Luckily, the fire department showed up, got it put out. Now, that's a different conversation when it comes to EVs because putting out a regular fire versus a EV fire they're two totally different things, and we'll talk about that as well. Point being, though, do vehicles catch fire? Yes. I had one. We, to this day, don't know how that started. I don't think anybody does. Something, some battery cable, something had to have shorted out, got hot, started a fire. The rest is history. And it was a hot fire because it melted the mirrors off of the two vehicles parked next to it. 
So it was very hot. And, and yes, it, they get rolling. If you've never seen a car fire, and, and of course, you all know my theory on car fires. Once one starts, pour gas on it. Not literally, but wait and call the fire department until it's about burned to the ground. Then call them. As long as it's not burning another structure or something along those lines, don't call the fire department until that thing's about done because you don't want it back. You don't want them coming and putting it out and then having the insurance company try to fix it. No, no, no. Car fires, you're, it's done. You know, throw gasoline on it and get it burning more and then, and then call. And I'm being facetious, but you, you know where I'm going with this. You don't want that car back. So literally, let it burn. Burn to the ground for all I care. Burn to ashes for all I care because I don't want that thing back. You'll never have the vehicle the same again with a fire. It's like a flood, only worse. So, side note, do vehicles catch fire? Yes. Do EVs catch fire? Yes, they all do. Some of that has to do with the charging. It's like cell phones that catch fire. You know, I don't know how many people through the years own Samsung phones and some of those caught fire, but did every one of them catch fire? No. Did some of them just kind of spontaneously ignite? Yeah, and I still have to wonder why, because the majority of them didn't. Oh, yeah, the hoverboards caught fire too. Thank you, Charlie. That was another one that caught fire. So, do batteries occasionally catch fire sure yes do the majority of them though no is it still a rare occurrence yes do i lose any sleep at night knowing my vehicle's charging in the garage no not a wink least of my worries least of my worries now do you have smoke detectors and things like that in your home or if something catches fire you can get out well i hope so if you don't that's on you i've yet to see a EV fire where people were killed because of it. You know, it's typically going to burn slowly enough, and once it gets going, you know, then smoke alarms go off and so on. And I'm not saying fires are great. I lost a home in a fire. So, no, they're not great. I I am by no means downplaying a fire. What I'm saying, though, is don't shoot an EV down just because there's fires here and there. There's fires all sorts of ways in homes and so on campers, homes, I can go down the list. So, again, bottom line, do EVs have a purpose? Yes. Do they have a place? Yes. Now, going back to Chicago, I am firmly a firm believer that part of what happened in Chicago is wrong people driving the wrong car. For example, there's an interview of a little gal, must have been a college student, that went to one of the charge stations, had 7% left on her battery, in the below zero weather, went to the charge station, and she had to get the battery full because she had no ability to charge it where she lived. Okay, you should never own an EV. You're a total dodo head. You should not own that vehicle. She is a prime example of somebody owning an EV that shouldn't. Frankly, I'm not sure she's smart enough to own a regular car. That's a whole other conversation. But regardless, she owns an EV. Here's the other thing that happened in Chicago, which I've read little, very little about because, again, the news media is stupid and ignorant when it comes to EVs. If you want to charge an EV and have it charge faster, the battery needs to be what they call conditioned. Well, how do you condition an EV battery, John? You drive the car, meaning you need to have enough battery power in it heading into a cold spell, knowing that if I'm going to have to recharge out in public when it's cold, I need to leave enough battery charge in it to where I can drive that several miles before going to the EV charge station so I can then get the right kind of charge and, by the way, get it done more quickly. 
The problem with Chicago is that wasn't done. They drove in most likely with a very cold vehicle and or it was parked there and they wonder why won't it charge? Well, because the battery's not conditioned and it's not going to take a charge with that kind of temperature. Again, folks, these are things I'm telling you that there's very little information out there on because most people don't know how these work, including the people promoting them and or the people that are against them. Both sides have a problem not knowing how they work, the conservative side and the liberal side, by the way. And I guess I'm kind of, I'm not very often in the middle, but this one, I'm not either. I'm not for or against. It's a tool that you can use. It's like when cordless tools came out and all the old timers wanted a cord. Oh, plug that drill in. I don't trust that thing. I don't trust that battery. Yet now everybody uses one. Now, will the same thing happen with EV cars? Probably not because there's still limitations, just like there's limitations with your cordless drill or your what used to be a air-compressed-driven nail gun versus a cordless nail gun. And I, could, I can go down the list. Each one has its pros and cons. For example, on a nail gun, the weight is much different on one versus the other. Now, it's getting better as batteries get better and better and lighter and lighter, but currently it's still lighter to have one that works off of pneumatic versus one that works off of cordless. But I can tell you, in most automotive shops, you don't see very many compressor-driven tools anymore. The majority of tools in an auto shop anymore, even even the impact wrenches that take the wheels and stuff on and off, they're battery-driven now. There's very, very little compressed air being used in an automotive shop now because the, the cordless tool thing has literally taken over. Will that same thing happen when it comes to EVs? I don't know, folks, but... I can remember a time when old-time mechanics, technicians, would say, I'm not using that. Where do you plug that in at? You know, where's the air go? Where do I plug into the wall at? And they literally would look at you like, what is this newfangled thing? The same thing is happening with the EVs. Will they overcome it? Yes, they will, because there's still enough people that will buy them. The problem now is, what I keep saying, and I'll keep, and I'll keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. The majority of people owning them shouldn't and or have never been instructed on the proper ownership and use of. They literally, here's the paper, sign here, you plug in there, see you, buy. And how do I know that? I, I've, I've bought them. I've bought them. I, I, I know that's how it works. Now, I'm different because I don't need to be shown all that because I know enough about it and studied enough about it before ever buying it that I don't need anybody to instruct me. But I'm a weirdo. Very few people go in and buy a car and the guy buying it knows more than the guy selling it. But I'm that guy. Okay, I'm a unique individual when it comes to buying cars where most people aren't that way. Most people, they don't have the foggiest idea what they're buying. In fact, they walk on the lot to buy one thing and they're sold something completely different because that's what car dealers do. That's not me. So when it comes to EVs, though, and what I found at most dealerships even is they don't know what they're selling. Or, let me give you another example because I've experienced this also. Newbie salesperson gets hired. Maybe he's in his mid-20s. Might be a super nice person. Great guy. But because he's the newbie, guess where he gets stuck? You're going to sell EVs. And by the way, it's not because he has the most knowledge. It's because... In that world, they know that that's the least amount of cars that will be sold, so let's go stick the new guy there. It's the pecking order thing. 
So in turn, your least qualified individual in the entire dealership is now going to sell the item that actually needs the most training done and selling it to the consumer. You see, folks, where I'm going with this, and this is the problem we're having in that particular area of things, and that's why I think as much of the bad press that's out there is because of what I just said. The average person buying it doesn't know what they're buying and hasn't been trained on how to properly use it. And that's what happened in Chicago, by the way. Is it all the driver's fault? Most. Most of it is. Now, is it the fault of the driver or the person that sold it to the driver? That's a different question because I wasn't in each one of those sales transactions and I don't know what exactly happened. There's probably fault on both sides. Even people, by the way, I got a text message a moment ago from somebody. Even people that own them and know about them find out real quick in cold weather they don't work like we thought they were going to. Now, I've talked about that here many times because EVs will lose roughly, roughly 30% of their range in cold weather. And the colder it gets, the worse it gets. To the point that some of them, you shouldn't venture too far from home because if you do, you're going to find yourself with a problem. This article that I read talking about what happened in Chicago and this college-age driver, basically the article said that Well, as long as you know what you're doing and you handle it correctly, you still should be able to drive as normal as you once would. No, 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 no. Wrong. Whoever wrote that's an idiot. No, not true. With a EV vehicle, when it gets that cold, you are going to change the entire way you drive and where you go and when you go. And yes, that is much different than driving an ICE vehicle. Much, much different. In an ICE vehicle, as long as there's a station open, you're good. In an EV vehicle, you better make sure there's a charge station along the route you're going and you've got the ability to get there. And if your car's got 300 miles of range and it's zero out now, you're probably down to 200 or less. You've lost that much range. And that's if you don't have stop, go, traffic, heavy snow, all the other stuff that can go into this as well. Your planning has to really change. And here's the problem, folks. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age where the average person driving, whether it be an EV or an ICE vehicle, there is no planning. They just get in and go. And people that own EVs that used to own an ICE vehicle that are just used to pulling over at the local gas station on the side of the highway are now owning an EV, and it ain't the same. They think it is. They've been told that it is. Oh, we've got you know thousands of charge stations across the country. Our network is thorough. No, it's not. And it's not as many as it is when it comes to gas pumps. And even if you find one, chances are there may be something broken. It may not work correctly, and you may have to wait in line to use it, which you don't typically do at a gas pump. Our infrastructure isn't ready for all of that yet, nor do I feel as a taxpayer it should be my obligation to pay for that. That's a whole nother conversation I can get into probably at another day. But no, it's not my responsibility to pay for it either, nor is it yours. To me... That should be the responsibility of the users to make that happen. Or the manufacturers that want to put these vehicles out, they should be responsible for putting these in and figuring out how do we pay for these. Just like gas stations work. Petroleum station, gas and diesel, fuel stations is what I should say. They have a different model. If 
Come and Go, that's now owned by Maverick, decides to put a new location in. They do all sorts of demographic studies. They look at what's the traffic count nearby, how many gallons of fuel they're going to be able to sell, how many tanks do they need, how many pumps do they need, on and on they go. And then they determine, yep, I think we can put a station on that corner. I don't pay for it. Government doesn't pay for it, which I'm government. I don't pay for it. They do. They buy the corner, the land, the infrastructure. They run the power to it. They put the building up. They figure out what kind of convenience store they're going to have with it. They figure out how many pumps they're going to have on the islands. On and on we go. They pay for it. And then over time, they get it paid back in the sales and the profits of that particular location. That's how every EV charge station should work as well, by the way. I know I've went long. Golden Eagle is next. Speaking of finances, Al Smith, Golden Eagle Financial, would love to help you with your future finances, getting there, and really doing the math on how it works in your world. Find out today by going to klzradio.com. Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial can develop a solid, cohesive retirement strategy that makes sense in the context of your very specific needs. You've been making moves toward retirement your whole life and likely have assets in different places. Al can simplify it for you. Having a simple retirement plan and a single point of contact means when you're gone, your family won't have to guess where your assets are. It means your children won't find out in 20 years that you had funds in probate that they could have used. Having a solid plan and an agent to manage it means you can take advantage of financial products with high return and modest risk. And most importantly, it means that someone will be on your side when you can't make those decisions on your own. Give Al a call today for a free consultation and get started on your retirement strategy by going to klzradio.com slash money today. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. In our home transitions, I've been talking about EVs, cars, and the market, and so on. Well, we're going to talk to Kurt Rogers here in about 20 minutes about the real estate market. That's where KNR comes into play. Anything you need when it comes to buying and selling, give them a call today. Find them at klzradio.com. When you have an inherited home, you need a real estate advocate on your side to know where to start. Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions are here to walk you through the steps with complete transparency. They also know exactly what will make a house sell, and they work exceptionally hard until your inherited home is sold for the highest price possible and as quickly as possible. Inherited homes often need a lot of work, as we have mentioned many times, and Kat and Robin know how to get everything done with their network of contractors and partners. They also know when you should spend money on a fix and when to wait because the repair or remodel is not worth the benefits. Kat and Robin are your true real estate advocates, and they protect you from the mistakes and bad decisions that are bound to happen without their experience and advice. You must contact Catherine and Robin to get your inherited home sold. Just go to klzradio.com slash home or call 720-437-8210. All right, folks, Genesis 1-3 Electric. Any problems you've had at all, electrically speaking, give them a call. Find them at klzradio.com. Genesis 1-3 Electrical considers you family. Maintaining this focus is what has made them Denver's leading electrical company. Dustin Fulton, owner at Genesis 1-3 Electric, has a large family and teaches them the value of sticking together in business as well as in life. 
Jaden Fulton, Dustin's daughter, spearheads all of the company's marketing efforts and helps manage the office. Jaden says that it's been wonderful watching her father build a quality business that treats employees and clients the right way. Jaden takes pride in the way that employees are treated like family too. Dustin never wants his family to see him doing business anyway, but in full honesty, love, and fairness. And this is carried over to their customers as well. When you have work done by Genesis 1-3, they treat you with integrity and Christian values. Find out what a difference family makes for your next electrical need and contact Genesis 1-3 Electric at klzradio.com slash light and let there be light. Were you shocked like I was to find out that the radical left has been targeting elementary age kids with their ideology for decades? They have been sowing gender confusion, communist thought, and their woke agenda with amazing success. Finally, there's something you can do. Join the counteroffensive. Everything counts. Hi, my name is Tom Lozano, and I'm the director of a children's ministry designed to bring God's truth to kids with fun and laughter. For 30 years, I've been entertaining kids and sharing the gospel with puppets and object lessons designed to build faith in a biblical worldview. How can you help? Help us reach the next generation. You may want to be part of our team. We're looking for Christians who have a desire to reach kids for Jesus. We have needs for upfront presenters, as well as boots-on-the-ground workers and prayer warriors. And don't forget the marketers and admin people. Go to our link on klzradio.com children to learn more. Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Also, somebody said that the same people that uh, weren't able to charge their vehicles in uh, Chicago are the same people that run up I-70 with very little fuel in their tank, get stuck on I-70 because of a wide-out condition or something along those lines, and then wonder why they run out of gas. Yeah, okay, yep, you know, can't argue that one. You can't fix dumb. Sorry. You can't fix stupid. And are, is everybody that drives an EV stupid? No, I'm not saying that. But what I will tell you is, and this is the fear that I have with EVs, by the way, they're typically not driven by car people. And unfortunately, because most car people have got this antagonistic approach to them, they don't own them. So who does own them are sort of techies or people that like the novelty of it or they're a greenie and they think they're going to save the planet by buying one and they're not car people. In turn, because they're not car people, they really don't know what they bought. Back to my point of what happened in Chicago. These are people owning vehicles that I'll just flat out say shouldn't. No idea what they bought, shouldn't own it, and, and are, are ill-prepared to own one. But they do. They shouldn't, but they do. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what's giving you know, the EV world a big black mark, a big black eye, because they've, they've gone out and sold these things to people that shouldn't have owned them to begin with. You know, the government and even the dealer networks are, are basically over-promising what these vehicles can do. They're making them sound like, yep, this is your daily driver and you can go coast to coast, no problem. Well, no, nothing could be farther from the truth. Yes, it can be a daily driver, providing in most cases you don't go over 150 to 200 miles a day. Now, by the way, 
for most people, I mean most people, you're not driving 150 miles a day. I realize there's some exceptions to that. There's some traveling salesmen and so on where, yes, you're putting on more, more miles than that. But in general, the lion's share of drivers, even here in the Denver metro area here in the West, uh, aren't driving more than 100 most. Even me. I have about a 60-mile, 65-mile round trip. That's me. Now, if I go and do anything else outside of that, I might do 100 miles in a day. But I do a lot of driving, by the way. So even for me, if I can get by doing what I do, anyone else, for the most part in town, could. I, I can drive to even Colorado Springs and back, no problem. I have done it. In the wintertime, by the way. I went down to the big Trump rally back in the day with my EV. Went down and back, no problem. In the winter. And it was a cold, cold day. 20s, I believe, is what that day was. It was not a warm day. And it had no problems. So... Again, I go back to the fact that they're selling these as a replacement for an ICE vehicle, which they're not. They're selling these to people that have no business owning them. And then they wonder why they end up with a big black eye like they just had in Chicago. So that's my take on EVs. You guys all know where I come from now. Most of you have known that for a long time anyways. I am definitely not anti-EV. I'm also not going to go on social media like I've seen some of you do and say, yep, that's the death of the EV. No, it's not. They'll figure out some of these things, and what will have to start happening is they're going to have to do a better job of, of targeting the right buyer, training that buyer, and a lot of these things will start going away in, re, in regards to the negatives that are out there on EVs. They just haven't done that yet because, again, this is a product that's being pushed by government rather than letting the free market drive this. That's another complaint that I have. So American National Insurance is next. Speaking of EVs, they got to be insured. Now, I will also tell you this. They cost more to insure. Something else that most people don't realize, they're more expensive to insure. Paul Lewenberger, my great insurance agent and my good friend, can help you with whatever insurance needs you have. 303-662-0789. Paul Lewenberger will teach you how to pay for home insurance the right way. Saving money on premiums while protecting yourself from catastrophic costs in the future. American National Insurance keeps premiums low by attracting clients who choose to self-insure the small stuff. Most people don't understand basic economics, so they file claims all the time, driving up the cost of insurance year after year. You listen to Rush to Reason, so you probably have a better head on your shoulders, financially speaking, than the average homeowner. Still, you can learn new strategies from Paul Lewinberger to practice responsible money management. The smartest homeowners only file claims in emergencies, opting to pay out-of-pocket for everyday expenses. Personal responsibility benefits everyone, enabling you to afford total loss coverage. Call John's personal insurance agent, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance for details about his one-of-a-kind rebate program, 303-662-0789. Michael Bailey Law, he's our mobile estate planner. Make sure you're dialed in when it comes to your estate, and that can include even things that happen while you're still here, trusts and so on. Give Michael a call today. Find him at klzradio.com. Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, knows that living life means change, and you need to make sure your estate plan changes with your life. For example, you check your car tires from time to time to make sure that nothing has changed and that you don't have a flat. Just like those tires, you need to check your estate plan from time to time to make sure your family isn't stuck on the side of the road with all your stuff. 
Things in your life have changed. A child gets married, they move away, they grow up, and life happens. These are all important reasons to check your estate plan. You need Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, to make sure the road ahead is smooth and a solid plan is in place. Your vehicle has a warning light for low tire pressure. No such luck with your estate plan. So go to the estate planner that we trust to update what you want to happen. Contact mobile estate planner Michael Bailey today by going to klzradio.com slash estate. All right, Ridgeline Auto Brokers and two locations now to service you. The Fort Collins location is in the process of getting established right now. In the meantime, anything you need, give them a call. Find them at ridgelineautobrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning. And again, you may have had some issues during this last uh, weather we've had. And again, it won't be the last we have for the winter. Make sure you're dialed in as we start talking about spring even and air conditioning. That's something that, hey, they could do it all at one time. Upgrade everything. They've got 25-month financing as well. Give them a call today. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning, 303-656-5467. Cub Creek Heating and AC wants to show their appreciation for this community they serve and care deeply about. So they would like you to nominate one special family to be blessed with a toasty warm house in 2024. If you know a family with an inadequate or broken heating system in their home, simply submit their name on klzradio.com HVAC with details about why you think that family is in need of a new heating system. Maybe their furnace is broken. Maybe it needs replacing. Cub Creek will review the nominations and pick one lucky family to receive either free service repairs or free equipment to get their heating system working the right way, right away. Cub Creek Heating and AC are REAM certified pro partners, so you can trust in the quality of their work. Don't wait. Head over to klzradio.com slash HVAC and nominate a family for the Cub Creek Furnace Giveaway now. Now back to Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. And we're back. Rush to Reason, Devers Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And, yeah, I wasn't planning on spending a whole hour on EVs, but it's just the way it went. One other thing that I noticed today that I'm still just flabbergasted by, this is an AP News article, how watermelon imagery, a symbol of solidarity with Palestinians, 
spread around the planet. Now, I get it. People have the ability to have solidarity with whoever they want to, but in the watermelon image is because of the colors of the flag of Palestine and so on, and it's an easy way for people to, I guess, resonate with that. But I understand having solidarity with maybe, I put a big quotes around maybe, maybe some of the individuals living there, or even that I struggle with, because I've said that many times, why are they still there? They, you know, unfortunately elected their leaders, Hamas. They're under their thumb. Maybe if you were born there and then couldn't leave, I might have a little bit more sympathy for you, but... Even then, folks, I struggle with this. It's like, okay, what are we in solidarity with? Terrorism? We're going to be in solidarity with people that want to kill and wipe out a whole other nation. Okay? Yeah, I get that. No, I don't get that. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're in solidarity with individuals that literally want to wipe out the nation of Israel. They're Jew haters, and they want to wipe them off the planet. And we're going to have solidarity with them. You're a nut job. I'm, I'm just going to say that straight up. And if you're listening and you're one of those, you're a nut job. You're a racist, plain and simple. I'll just say it that way. If you have solidarity with Hamas, with Palestine, which is Hamas, if you have solidarity with them, you're a racist. You're a Jew-hating racist, period. No way around it. And if you don't believe me, go, go check me. Tell me I'm wrong. You are on the side of terrorism that wants to wipe out an entire other nation. How can you have solidarity with a nation that wants to wipe out another nation? See, my mind doesn't work that way. And neither should yours or anybody else's, by the way, that's that way. It just shouldn't work that way. So this whole let's have solidarity with Palestine, it's a bunch of nonsense is what it is. And the more... And the reason I don't talk about it a lot, by the way, so the more press we give these knuckleheads, the worse it gets. So I, I really don't want to talk about this much other than this sort of thing when I see an article like this, and I, I just have to shake my head. It's, it's like the EV driver that shouldn't be driving one. In this case, they have solidarity with Palestine because you're just an idiot. You're a moron. You don't know better. I mean, before you have this type of a, a belief system, you should really check yourself. Why, why do I want to do this? Who am I really feeling sorry for? You should have solidarity with Israel, not Palestine, no matter what your belief system is. The Israelis, in all these years, haven't wiped them off the planet. Should have, but didn't. They look at things differently than Hamas does. I kind of look at this like Hamas does, only we should wipe them out, not Israel. So, all right, I know I'm behind. And I had to do a few breaks here in a row to get caught back up. Kurt Rogers uh, stepped in. We'll have him here at 5 o'clock as well. Get your questions ready, by the way. If you've got something in particular you've been kind of putting off you want to ask, and maybe you just haven't had a chance to call Kurt directly, he'll be with us during the 5 o'clock hour to answer those questions. In the meantime, we'll be right back. Roof Savers of Colorado, Dave Hart, who, by the way, uh, Roof Savers of Colorado, Roof Max is the product that he puts on to extend the life of your roof. They've got a great thing they're teaming up with with adopted families to try to help them have more kids adopted. It's a great thing that they're doing. You can call him and ask more about how that works. 303-710-6916. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. 
With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. This isn't Rage Radio. This is real, relatable radio. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, Andy just texted me this because I hadn't seen this yet, but there's a continuing resolution now that has been passed. We told Jordan Goodman actually last time he was on last Tuesday that, yes, in fact, they would get that passed. But for all of you McCarthy haters out there that thought he should go because of what he did in regards to this, you're a moron, too. I just said it. You're a moron. You, you wasted a ton of time, disrupted a lot of things going on in Congress, and at the end of the day, changed absolutely nothing. Zero zilch. All you did was stir the pot. You literally accomplished nothing in what you did. I hope you all know that. And some of you out there are listening because you called in talking about how you We're glad to see him go. Well, at the end of the day, what did you accomplish besides stirring the pot? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I'll leave it at that. Talk more about that probably uh, next week because tomorrow's Friday. We'll do movie reviews, and Andy and I will get into more of that Monday, Tuesday. But in the meantime, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Again, Kurt Rogers joining us. He'll be with us the entire 5 o'clock hour, and we will be back with him in a moment. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Yeah. 